Hello and welcome to Burst the Bubble on 97.2 Cam FM. Uh, this is the show all about the silly and news stories of the week and talking thereof. Uh, we're going to start off today's show with a section all about animal stories. Uh, Michael, if you kick us off with the first story. Although actually it occurs to me first I ought to mention who Michael is. Uh, this is my regular co-host Michael Contario. Hello. And our guest today is Rich Wareham. Hi. Now then, what about that thing that I just said? Kick us off with the first story. Uh, the first story is a kitten was found in basically uh, uh, in the gap between the car engine and the outside of a car uh, after having survived a 25 mile journey to Stansted Airport. Um, bad enough, some people might say, getting to Stansted and having to go through all the trouble that they've been having in airports with the queues and the immigration, but to go actually inside the engine of the car. Um, quite an impressive feat for this cat a five five week old cat um as um staff at Stansted Airport heard odd noises coming from the uh, engine of the car in the staff car park which makes me wonder what they thought it was at first did they call out uh, any sort of security because um one of the security advisors from the airport has actually said that that she would like to adopt this pussy cat do we know who the cat is I mean was it owned by the person who owned the car uh, appa- apparently not. Um, no, no one seems to know who the cat who has been nicknamed Jammy, uh, both because of being lucky to have survived inside the car engine, and also to have supposedly come from Tip Tree, uh, which, which, which no obviously e- leads to the name Jammy. Well, oh, see, I, I thought you were going to say because it was jammed in the engine. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Uh, apparently, it was Tip Tree is known for its preserves. So, uh. oh, is it? Oh, right. Okay, I see. So, it's, so that's actually a three-way pun because I'm going to put jammed in the engine in there as well, uh. even if it's not. Yes. Oh, yeah. I read the story and I assumed it was famed for like its cat preserves. You know, like <laughs> pieces of wilderness where, where like, cats, cats can roam free. Cats roam wild. Yeah, exactly. Well, in which case, the security officer or security advisor Becky Corris wouldn't be allowed to keep the cat. Had to be returned to the the wild cat sanctuary. That is true. I got slightly worried when you said cat preserves there and made you report that that was a new food stuff that we hadn't if, uh, that is technically a pate <laughs> if you were to uh, make a cat re- preserve though or in the wildlife preserve sort of sense what what would you put in there i mean it's not like uh, when you're making wick and fen or whatever just let it go naturally presumably cats have a have a preferred environment what, what would you what would you put there the, the problem is it seems domesticated cats their preferred environment is one in which humans cater to their every beck and whim okay so, yeah so i guess it would be a, a world where cats are subservient no sorry there were humans are subservient to the cats to, so to humans the, would be allowed in but only as kind of a you know cat- like an, a- an aspect of the ecology where, where they walk around and they do whatever the cat so how does the cat it, it indicate its requirements though <laughs> uh, by taking them by force I think it would be the usual well that, 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 that would be how it demands them but I mean, how would it indicate them would it be a series of levers and flags or <laughs> imperious glances or imperious glances right yeah so looking disdainful until its whim is satisfied yeah you, you, you don't have to know exactly what the cat wants you just keep on giving the cat things until the cat um, signal signals it's it's you lack of for quite a long way like for quite a long time that way of sort of going would you like a poster of david beckham no. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> so can we come to the conclusion then that the difference between cats and babies is that a cat can survive a 25 mile trip in a car whereas a baby can't <laughs> or, or is that not being rigorously proved by science yet <laughs> so it's worth pointing out that this this feat of traveling inside the engine of a car is actually quite a common thing for cats to do because uh, it, obviously it's really warm in there so they sort of go ah oh, wa- marvelous a magic rock that is unusually warm uh, and, and go to sleep in there and then are, are woken by somebody impolitely igniting the engine. Uh, so, so yeah, are you sure that's the case? Are you sure it's just not the case that cats are secretly amazing mechanics? <laughs> and they, they, well, they go under the car and they look up and go, oh, some cowboy's been at this. And they're there with their tiny cat-shaped socket sets and screwdrivers and things and all of a sudden someone drives off and they realise that when they're found they can't have the sort of utility belt and socket set on them so they have to sort of no, drop them on the way <laughs> as a sort of Hansel and Gretel style crumbs that lead to the car <laughs> even even charitably assuming uh, that uh, that they're in there for innocent purposes uh, I, I, personally um, for it to be notorious enough to make the news uh, I'd like to see uh, a cat making its way in sort of in, in, sli- in sort of more extreme circumstances like, you know like a, a, a cat that went to sleep in a jet turbine or something you know, and, and just sort of sat in there, <laughs> in there for, a, for, a, for, for a few hours worth of flight before before hopping out at the destination Could you yeah. use it as a sort of way to uh, be a sort of mystery shopper but for border control? So if you put a cat inside an engine in France and it gets as far as Dover without being caught out yeah. then we know that the border control aren't doing their job <laughs> 
That, um, is there job checking for illegal immigrant cats? Well, you say that. Cats coming over here, you know, taking our um, <laughs> rubbish and eating our cat food. Uh, uh, taking our women. <laughs> oh, what a cute cat. Exactly. This one's mine now. <laughs> no, but um, the, 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 one of the big thing about this cat is uh, it's a kitten who looks about six weeks old, um, which is, generally speaking, too young for cats to be let out of the house effectively so, so what this says to me is that they didn't search the car well enough and somewhere in the boot there's a whole cat's nest with the mother <laughs> cat's, cat's nest cat's nest yes <laughs> how do you think it works they, they make a nest and they go oh, no that's birds i'm thinking of they lay eggs yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and at some point they kick the kittens out into the car <laughs> uh, apparently um, so wait do birds do the same thing but in a- airplanes is that why they can fly is it sort of evolutionary chain is that the di- diversion points in I- evolution between cats and birds you, 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 oh sorry, i just i just remembered a uh, story here about um jet turbines and birds because obviously birds hitting them can be quite bad for them and so all of the jet turbines get tested um to see, see they can s- survive bird strikes but apparently uh, one one new company set up the thing and they kept on going they, they asked how do you chest your turbines said oh in the wind tunnel we just fire we've got to go and buy some turkeys and chickens from the supermarkets and then we fire them down the wind tunnel at our moving turbines and see if the turbines can cope with that and then a little while later that person came back and going all of our turbines are failing and, 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 and going, what, what are we doing wrong? And it turned out that they hadn't defrosted. <laughs> so they're throwing <laughs> huge lumps of ice. That, thing. That, that makes me wonder, actually, whether um, in actual bird strike that it's far more dangerous because actual birds have got giblets. And perhaps giblets are the, the <laughs> nemesis of jet <laughs> engines. Gib- giblets and... Um, D- l- ash from volcanoes uh, yeah yeah the, the, the two nemesis it's where on the jet engine design course they say you know that's the, that's the last lecture of the course and no one goes there so that's why <laughs> they can't deal with them and by contrast sage and onion stuffing is actually very good for a jet turbine <laughs> like if, it, if it's lost a couple of fan blades by virtue of the bird you know, the bird strike uh, then the the stuffing can actually form a makeshift replacement yeah so it's, that's it's, often why they'll perform better it sort of sets in the engine doesn't it It sort of acts like exactly, a polyfiller yeah. but yeah, for jet engines <laughs> Uh, going back to the actual news story. Oh yeah, uh, actually, yeah, I, was, yeah, I was sidetracked for a second by uh, the, the most popular sidebar on this website that we've gone to, which I'm not going to name. But um, if you rearrange the letters of CBB, you may well find it. <laughs> um, but it, it says that uh, someone is has is quotes dead unquote. You see that <laughs> red story number three. The Lockie Bibona is dead in quotes. What? <laughs> why? Why would you put that in quotes? Isn't that just anyway? Sorry, move, move on to the story. Um, I was just sidetracked by that for a moment. Uh, yeah, m- moving back to the cute kitten, um, R- rather than the sort of quote, the scare quotes around dead. Yes. Um, apparently, <laughs> also it- Peter Jones has died. Oh right, yeah, the um, not the voice of the book. No, <laughs> <laughs> the, the drama from Crowded House, apparently. Yeah. Uh, moving back to the story. Sorry, I'll stop reading <laughs> the most popular things on the CBB website. Um, so, apparently, um, the Stead Security Advisor Becky Corris um, said she and a team of two security officers and four police officers had spent half an hour trying to free Jammy. Do you know why? It's because none of those professions carry a set of sockets around with them. <laughs> if they, if they sort of. Uh, so I'd just wait around the, the the car park until someone whose profession is actually undoing things came, then it'd be fine. <laughs> uh, they should tra- ask the cat. They should, yeah, that's true. Actually, you just ask the cat. Well, so is, aren't cats one of those things where if you just wait, it'll come out? That's Which, probably well. Yeah, you should probably put. I was going to say a piece of cheese. That's not correct, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I was going well, to no, put a piece of work. cheese to attract a mouse. Yeah, and yeah. The mouse and, and then the cat will be like, "Aha! I'll be having." And then that there's mouse. a bulldog somewhere. And yeah. although if canonically mouse, you start with a fly in this <laughs> no. situation, plus if the mouse is uh, if the cat is quite cunning, then it might lure the mouse into the engine. Oh. Then you've got a bigger problem still. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> in, in, in a literal sense, because you're, the cat is now slightly bigger. You're going to come back and you're, <laughs> you're going to come back and be like, "Why can't I shut the bonnet?" That is because of the horse that is nestled <laughs> among. Uh, like around the engine block sort of going I've got no idea what I'm doing here exactly I'm almost <laughs> certain I'm a herbivore <laughs> <laughs> but um Jamie eventually jumped out and ran out in the car park before there, being there are, jumped out you see sorry go on <laughs> yes uh, this is one of those cases going we, we, we do why is so much in life 
w- good to have the Benny Hill theme tune because <laughs> we had uh, we've had a few stories in recent weeks where we said that would work brilliantly going to the Benny Hill theme. But you've got th- you've got a security advisor, two security officers, and four police officers chasing a cat here. That that's there's got to be some good good slapstick going as, as, as they go around stand stared and like go out on onto the, onto the uh, runway and go past that guy with the table tennis paddles and uh, exactly, go on the yeah. conveyor belts and the cats it, the cats get slides down and runs away out of the baggage rehandling section and see, so it, the, and all the police officers come down one after another. Implicit <laughs> in your your comedy uh, description there is that cats can get through security, which I think comes back to my concept <laughs> of border control being ineffectual when it comes to felines. If you want to get into this country, disguise yourself as a cat. Then yeah. you'll be adopted straight away. And, and possibly also go on Big Brother. No, that's, that's possibly true. Uh, it doesn't actually say whether the uh, the car the kitten came in was actually owned by anyone involved in this story, whether it was just in the car park. It just says in a car in the staff car park. But seeing as they seem to know the starting point of that car, I guess they know uh, who it, whose it was. Well, that or they might just think that the staff car park is unlikely to be populated by people who live a long, long, long way away. Hmm. Or there was, like, you know, a can of paint with a hole in it attached to the back of the car. Or or just a trail of sockets leading back to the original place. (laughs) That's why the cat was so furious. He was, was like, every couple of of seconds along the journey, he was like, right, I've got 997 of these sockets left, and I'm pretty sure I've got a hold of (laughs) them. There goes another one. So I was just imagining then the the, the kitten that's, like, delivering a monologue in in the style of the Blues Brothers at the very start. I mean, a car, I'm a kitten, I've got a socket, (laughs) I've got 25 miles to Stansted. Hit it. <laughs> at, at no point can Stansted and anything anywhere near as cool as the Blues Brothers ever intersect. <laughs> it's just impossible. There's, there's a sort of coolness boundary in between them. <laughs> if you are that cool and you w- try and drive towards Stansted, like, what happens? It, it's, <laughs> it's like trying to move two North Poles with a magnet together. It's, just, it's not going to happen. You, you veer off somewhere far cooler. Yeah. Oh, no, you, can, you, it, you can force two North Poles of like, very weak magnets together. Did you never do that in, in, in class? So you could put, push them together and just let go of one and, and then actually be disappointed. So you're suggesting that we could solve the the world energy crisis by taking people, dress them up as the Blues Brothers, force them to be to Stansted, and then attach them to some sort of generator and let them go. And they'd fling off to the four corners of the world, (laughs) as far away from Stansted Airport as humanly possible. Oh, to do it, yeah, yeah. But to uh, to achieve the result to begin with, you might need that chicken can. Like, get the chicken Uh, can put one of the Blues Brothers in it, point it at Stansted Airport. That's that's how you get an achievement. That's how it goes. Make sure eating some sage and onion. By energy conservation, you're using as much energy to fire the Blues Brothers at Stansted as you would get from Stansted repelling the Blues Brothers. Damn you, physics. It's fair to say this is more of a Blues Brother capacitor than anything else. Well, (laughs) that's assuming there are no coolness monopoles. (laughs) <laughs> You're assuming there that, you know, for every Stansted airport, there's a Las Vegas. <laughs> are, you, are you saying that, like, the Blues Brothers' bums are really uncool? <laughs> <laughs> and well, presumably the back gate of Stansted is, like, a real nightclub hotspot. <laughs> well, that, that's the point, you say. I mean, if you allow the existence of of, com- of global sinks of coolness, like, for example, Bournemouth, <laughs> then then you, you're allow- you can just have an, uh, an orbiting coolness around it and generate electricity straight off it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Well, you know, you're still creating energy there from nothing. Well, that's because you're allowing the existence of coolness monopoles. That's why magnetic monopoles don't exist in real life. Yeah, yeah but, but electrical like, monopoles do, and you still can't get infinite energy out <laughs> well, of them. Magnetic monopoles, eh? The, the truth of the matter is that the pole actually goes through the Earth, so if you were to look at the antipodal point of Bournemouth, you will find somewhere deeply awesome. Uh, that's true, actually, because if you ask people in Bournemouth whether they would like to be on the other side of the world at this moment in time, they'd probably say yes. Precisely, yeah. Uh, and similarly, the Blues Brother, you know, like, wherever they go, the opposite point in the world is just somewhat uncool. So if you if you're if you're hanging around in like I mean, where do the where do, where do the, the cast of the Blues Brothers probably hang out at the moment? You know, it's probably the west coast of the state or something like that, right? So and the antipodal point to that is going to be somewhere in Kazakhstan. You know, so th- there's there's some guy in Kazakhstan going, hey, I just don't feel so cool today. You know? Yeah, you just feel I, like I put on my trilby and I was like, <laughs> number one, this isn't very cool anymore, and number two, you know, I just seem to can't seem to get the thing on my head. It keeps on sort of going every time i do that's the blues brothers energy that's that's the problem that's you got, that. if you phone that guy then he'll get out of bed and move a bit and you'll be fine <laughs> I, I almost can't believe that i'm going to actually say this but if you've got any other ideas of how to generate energy from the blues brothers and stansted airport <laughs> or any contribution to our physics of cool you can get in touch with us via email studio at camfm.co.uk 
or you can go if you're listening online at camphone.co.uk you can use the web form and you can also text 80809 with cam plus your message and that will cost 10 pence 10 of your english pence uh, we have also got a couple of other animal related stories here um this is um, almost a similar sort of, sort of loose animal, but in this case, it's it's less cute, and therefore the article is, is much is shorter. Is much shorter. <laughs> the, the proving that, in fact, the correct thing to evolve for animals that are in danger at the moment would be just cuteness. That it gets you, I'm sure, not just news in, newspaper inches and newspaper, news website inches, but also cash. That's true. Um, this is the fact that uh, animal welfare officers are trying to t- trace the owners of a turkey found wandering around Swansea. Um, now, if that's not animal cruelty, I don't know what is. Being forced <laughs> to wander around Swansea. <laughs> but... Um, uh, officers from the RSPCA were called uh, after a member of the public managed to corral the turkey into her garage. Mm. You have to wonder about that. I mean, are there witnesses to that? Or did this woman just have a sort of secret illicit turkey that she was uh, fattening out for Christmas and then realised that, <laughs> mm, actually, I, I've suddenly had a change of heart and become vegetarian. I'm going to call the RSPCA and claim I've found a wandering turkey. Or is this under the flight plaster of, uh, of Jumbo Jet? Because it might have just been a turkey nest. In like a in, in, the, a, in the jet in turbine. the jet, and yeah. he might have just fallen out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, a motorist spotted it as she reversed off of her drive, and a number of other nearby residents also reported spotting the fowls stro- strolling around the suburbs. Jeez, I, I love the fact that it was strolling. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just walking around Swansea, just like a bit quite quite relaxed, a bit chilled out. Not 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 like just uh, and birds normally just. I don't know, I'd say potter is probably more appropriate for how birds are. So it's a stroll. Stroll implies to me some sort of elegance. Well, assuming that turkeys are anything like chickens, chickens more sort of wander in a daze. <laughs> I mean, they are blooming stupid birds, I'll tell you that. Chickens, that is. I don't know, I don't want to, don't want to, to tar um, turkeys with the same brush, as it were. But <laughs> you could have them tarred and feathered. I could have them tarred and feathered, they? they would wake up and go, hmm, oh, well, it's a new look for me, but <laughs> not <useful>. awful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh-huh. But chickens are dumb, and uh, I'm going to therefore assume through a sort of animal-style racism that <laughs> turkeys are also dumb. <laughs> but, um, the RSPCA said it's not often that we are called out to rescue a turkey, but it's vital that the owner of this bird contacts us as soon as possible. Before we freeze the oven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, one, one other animal story before we take a quick break... Um, Officers at a national park have said a project to replace a power line must have a plan to protect rare wood ants. How how, how do you have a plan to protect ants? Give well, them stuff? Yeah, like little, put little <laughs> bits of jam down and things. <laughs> Other sort of stuff that ants like. Habitats, that's always yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so, so basically it's <laughs> put more wood there. Te- teeny tiny little steel poles so they can use a scaffolding when they're making things. <laughs> Socket wrench is too small for the human eye. Exactly, but long, but good enough to fit in an ant's jaw. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how do you think they build things that stick together? Like bits of spit and wood? That's not going to work, is it? <laughs> yeah, the, the report, um, yeah how, how does this actually work? I mean, how, how does a power line of <coughs> ants, do tell me? Is, is there some sort of amazing sort of magnetic influence that they have over them? <laughs> or are ants the only natural creatures that can take both magnetic fields and fields of coolness? <laughs> I think it's just that they're going to be building some st- stuff there and they might destroy some ant habitat and so they have to put some ant habitat back. Which uh, basically, from from the from the news article, it basically seems that what, what they should do is uh, officers said replacing large steel towers with wooden poles would result in a permanent beneficial impact. Uh, I assume that's for the ants. So th- th- they're actually saying we want to build a power line, but build build it out of wood. <laughs> is, what I can, is what it sounds like to me. So here. Th- this sounds to me like the statement of um, we have these protected termites and ants. Oh no, I know. I'm, I'm I'm taking the analogy. So imagine we had the same thing but termites. We have these protected termites, and it, instead of building our power line, which is holding <coughs> several hundred kilovolts uh, ab- above the ground, we'll instead of building those power towers out of steel, which termites and presumably wood ants do not eat mm. we'll build them out of wood yeah. which termites and ants 
it, do it. It seems like a favour to them to begin with, as well as a really bad engineering. It, it does seem like a strange idea to sort of build something where you're actually building it in a way where you expect them to fall down eventually. Mm. Also, the other point that the, the uh, article makes is it says steel electrical towers are to place with smaller, less obtrusive wooden poles. I'm not sure the ants particularly care about the looks of the area that they're going in. It's going, oh, well, this area used to be great, but we're not. We, we, we we're going to have to move out. Property values have gone right down since those obtrusive steel towers were built here. Well, you say that, I mean, but recent opinion polls have put a 100% swing in the wood ant population towards the UKIP party, so uh, <laughs> uh, they're having to do something to try and get them back, you know, campaign for rural England and all that. Is that UKIP's base, invertebrates? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the way it goes. You've got to get out the mollusk vote. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're the people who care about these sort of uh, rural places, okay, ants and mollusks and all these sort of things like this. I mean, who do you think writes all the, the letters to the paper about they're not wanting high speed too or whatever? <laughs> not That's not ink, that is actually an assembly of ants. It is, it is, it just they're so far away and people are so short-sighted when they're reading it they don't realise it's, it's ants on the page <laughs> you could use like you know uh, like a, a small cat for the headlines exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> different species for different you know different scales of typography and, and, and different like types of cat and ant for different fonts yeah yeah or use red ants if you want to make a point yeah <laughs> The colour palette's not great. Like, <laughs> I want blue font to say, well, I don't have any kookaburras. Go away. You could, you could underline with an earthworm. Be <laughs> <laughs> the blink tag is really hard. You have to get a chameleon. Exactly. It's really quite complicated. Uh, this, is, this is just going into horrible animal cruelty now. It's a, I would like you to, to get the RSPCA on the phone and ask if it's cruel to use an earthworm as underlining. <laughs> okay. is, is it cruel to use a ladybird as a full stop? Those are the questions that have never been answered before. <laughs> if one we're using ladybird as a full stop is ladybirds have several spots. Oh, it's a sort of fractal full stop. <laughs> a beetle then. Beetle's a bit big. Well, I suppose you could have a small beetle, couldn't you? <laughs> These are those little yeah. thunderbugs as commas. <laughs> those little thunderbugs that get inside paintings on the stuff like where you're oh, yeah, in the yeah, summer. Yeah. Crawl inside your LCD screen. There you go. go. Oh, my LCD screen's covered in commas. No, they're bugs. <laughs> <laughs> you have to leave it alone. <laughs> You have to leave it alone for a while and put a piece of cheese at the bottom of it and then the thunderbugs are like... And then a mouse comes along and then a, a cat comes along and <laughs> crawls inside the screen. It's like, there's a whole mouse. <laughs> the, 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 All of a sudden they've got a horse in there. Goes, the horse <laughs> is like, I was in an engine last week and, and now I'm inside this LCD screen. I'm surrounded by thunderbugs and I've eaten a cat. What's going on? <laughs> I, I'm just quite impressed that you managed to talk about all this with bugs and mice without ever relating it to the actual computer term. Oh, uh, see what you did there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and on that note, um, we'll we'll take a short break. We'll be back with some more silly news after this musical interlude. On air, online, and across Cambridge, your station, your Cam FM. Hello and welcome back to Burst the Bubble, the Cam FM show all about silly news stories that have gone on this week. Uh, earlier we had a section all about uh, the animal stories of the week, uh, and now we're going to move on to. Well, what is the what is the connecting theme for the for, for, for this bunch of stories? Is it is it just story popery? It, 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 it's stories in international stories. I mean, we don't mean ones that like affect multiple countries. Just mean ones from countries other than the UK. Okay, the the exceptionally large majority miscellaneous section. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, first up, we've got a um, Russian man uh, had to be rescued by emergency workers from a rubbish chute after he jumped into it to hide from his girlfriend he plunged three floors from the eighth floor of an apartment building uh, and then got stuck um residents then heard his cries for help now this doesn't make any sense to me because having taken most of my understanding of how these things work from roadrunner cartoons i'm well aware that if you jump into a chute at the top which is quite wide and that chute gets progressively narrower all that <laughs> happens is you'll fall out the bottom as a teeny tiny man <laughs> okay, and the only yeah. way you become a big man again is to climb all the way back up the chute when you'll come out as a normal sized person. <laughs> so I don't understand why he got stuck. Why didn't he just come out as like a borrower sized dude? <laughs> That's not how physics actually works. It is how physics works. I've seen it. The, well, you've got two possible cartoon physics here. One of them is that one, and the other one is that you sort of get to the bottom and it sort of goes and like the blob representing the man inside the tube gets bigger and bigger, and then eventually he ends up like prizing himself off the wall and ends up wearing like one of the chunks of shoot, sort of like like a like a crude onesie. Well, that um, is true. That is true. Uh, although. Um, that sort of branch of cartoon physics also requires that someone throw a liver, uh, stick of dynamite down the chute <laughs> and it explodes and turns into one of those sort of like uh, mains that uh, <laughs> happens when people get stuck inside chutes of dynamite in, like, like, like a rough I think is like a rough thank you that's, that's a far better <laughs> description for it in fact um, that's probably where the rough came from 
Well, I want to pose you this, okay? Is it any surprise that gunpowder came over to the uh, the Western world in about the time the Rust became past f- fashionable? <laughs> is <laughs> so that a like coincidence? The, the I genesis think would be that, yeah, you know, like King Henry VIII got like a, you know, a crude a crude grenade chucked chucked down uh, chucked down the garderobe chute after him after presumably he'd bailed out to escape from Catherine Parr or something. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that happened. Go, well, Your Majesty, that's very fetching indeed. <laughs> so, yes, I wish this would happen when I hadn't just had a bomb go off on my face. Perhaps we can look into that. Exactly. <laughs> Court yeah. Taylor to recreate this debris. <laughs> and that's how roughs happened. <laughs> Which is why it's all surprising that Chinese didn't invent roughs back in sort of 500 BC when they invented gunpowder. <laughs> Maybe they were just really careful. Like, oh. no Chinese person at any point sort of went, I wonder what happens, uh, happens if I hold this between my teeth and then light it. And then was like, ah, rough. <laughs> So it's just the fact that Chinese people are exceptionally careful, which means they didn't develop the... Uh, Much more responsible with explosives. Yeah. <laughs> and, and far less sartorially um, sophisticated. <laughs> yeah. What were we talking about? Uh, the, the, the oh, the man, right. Yeah, 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 yeah the, it's, the, it's the, in the uh, Tumen. Uh, but apparently um, there'd been a similar incident in uh, Tumen in Siberia a few years ago, again with a happy outcome. Well, presumably the happy outcome in both cases is that the man successfully hid from his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Which certainly would be a happy outcome if that's what you're intending to do. You know? <laughs> An unhappy outcome would be if you uh, got stuck in the tube and then she realised and she couldn't stu- went and stood underneath the tube and went, "Ooh, you, my boyfriend, <laughs> I'm going to punish you." And then took a stick of dynamite and stuck it up the tube. <laughs> I think from the bottom you need a your brood, a broom. Oh, a broom. You, should, you, right, should, yeah. you should be sat there with a the long pole of a broom, so going poke, poke, poke. Oh, and like the guy would be like, uh, <laughs> wave down a passing chimney sweep. <laughs> that, that, that song, um, you, uh, Johnny's lost his marbles down in Granny's yard. Have you ever heard that one? Uh, at what point does Johnny lose his marbles down Granny's yard, then climb down a chute to escape his girlfriend? No, no, no. And no gets the, shoved at the bottom by he, a he, chimney sweep. He gets convinced that they're up the drain pipe and, put, and s- first gets a broom to try and get them out of the drain pipe and ends up blowing up the drain pipe with dynamite. Oh. And then it turns out they were in his pockets all along. Is, is that a sort of uh, parable for the nuclear age? <laughs> How? Uh, well, give me a moment. Right, <laughs> you're going to have to put the broom bit into this. You know? Well, it, it's just a sort of increasing sort of um, race to get more and more exciting ways in which to beat the marbles, uh, and you realise that the marbles were never a threat in the first place. It was all in your mind. <laughs> oh, at one point, I believe in the song, he ties a policeman to the broomstick and shoves that up the chimney. <laughs> the combined policeman broomstick combo. He, he's the pilot of the Anola game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah that, it's a, he's the symbol of authority of the man um and uh, ultimately it's only true pacifism in the form of pocket marbles that survive <laughs> mm. and um yeah the, the other thing that i i thought of when i read this story is he was lucky it didn't end up in either a furnace or a garbage compactor because that's what that's in films what rubbish shoots go down to I, well, assume, I assume in real life most of the time they go down to dustbins and the, the sad thing about if he had ended up in a rubbish compactor is he wouldn't have had R2-D2 in his flat being able to switch off all the rubbish compactors <laughs> so yeah but he would have had probably his cat with you know a set of wrenches oh uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's it of course and then the cat was sitting there going hmm I ha- I, suddenly I have the power <laughs> he, shout down, he would shout down the shoot saying well you know we're a bit low on whiskers that's all I'm saying <laughs> perhaps if we were a bit higher on whiskers I'd be a bit faster with the old uh, stopping the compactor <laughs> doing that me- that special meow that means I think you'll find that that cup of hot coffee and those rotten eggs are well due for the garbage shoot mm-hmm exactly the cats have a specific meow for that they like, do, yeah. you're very compla- seldom deployed you were complaining earlier about how the cats would let people know what was actually what they actually wanted in the uh, cat thing if they've got these special meows then no, 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 they, 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 no one knows what they mean yeah they only have two special meows they have a meow that says i want something and a meow that says hmm it would be a shame if those coffee that coffee and those couple of kippers would be thrown down the garbage chute <laughs> um, it, it's a strange two things to have evolved i'll grant you that but there we are <laughs> uh, we have actually had an email from jasmine asking are the people going down sh- shoots trying to recreate the two ronnie's sketch where ronnie cobot keeps coming down the laundry chute if so, they failed at the first hurdle of going down a rubbish chute rather than the laundry chute. And they also failed at the second hurdle of not of being a singular person rather than two people in a sketch. And they've fallen down from a third hurdle through not being Ronnie Corbett. Because it's just intensely more funny when it's Ronnie Corbett. I'm not sure they've made the chute mistake, though. I think, I think you'll find that a rubbish chute and a laundry chute are exactly the same chute, differentiated only by what you put at the bottom. For example, if you were to put a kid's paddling pool at the bottom, that is now a water slide. That's true. It's the same exact chute. Also, the only differentiation that you'd have as a user is the label. And the labels would have been in Russian, which means that 
they would be able to read them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no one here can read Russian, right? Especially not the cat. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that'd be awful. The cat would be throwing like a cup of coffee down the laundry chute, no wonder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do like I do like that too, Ronnie's sketch. Have you, have you seen it? No, sorry, no. Uh, oh no, I have. Yes, okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, I, <laughs> I advise people to go go and look it up on YouTube afterwards. It is a it is a very funny sketch about people sh- shooting down the laundry chute. That's why they call it shoot. And I've just spoiled one of the jokes. I'm sorry. Shoot, as in shooting guns down it. <laughs> no, 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 the speed. Oh, okay, no, right, right yeah. sure. <laughs> Although shooting gun down the uh, the rubbish chute would make sure there was no errant boyfriend in there, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose in the sense that what was in the chute would no longer be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> If it was a big enough gun, if you took a, a sort of comedy... Um, an elephant gun. An yeah. elephant gun. No, 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 this, would, this would be, in fact, equivalent to shooting dynamite down it. Well, that's true. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's and so a lot more difficult. There's a lot more <laughs> chance of blowing up the very top of the laundry chute than you end up with the comedy rough. And it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Presumably the, uh, the the fad for dyeing your hair blonde came after they invented Mr. Muscle Bleach. So people started putting <laughs> Mr. Muscle Bleach down there to try and do- unblock it, and suddenly everyone had dyed hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, t- talking about, um, basically, the problems of hair that might uh, might occur in this thing. We're oh, going to move link. on to another another story, which is that um, some people in South Island of New Zealand have received cash and hairdressing tools mysteriously through the post, all with, with Parisian postmarks. Yeah, it's very peculiar. This one. It seems that uh, uh, some in some several different people living on New Zealand's South Island have received one item of hairdressing equipment, which in three cases was a hairdresser, and in one case was a set of clippers. A hairdresser. Uh, a hairdresser. Entire hairdresser <laughs> came through the post. It's a very trivial people smuggling one where they're just like, "What if we just get in boxes?" <laughs> That's how that works. Uh, no. no. Uh, they, what we'll they do is we'll put a cat on the outside as a decoy, and they'll see the cat <laughs> and they go, "Oh, that's see what they've done." As he had to say, onion. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, and then, so yeah, they got hair dryers and hair clippers. And then in each case, uh, a large denomination, well, large-ish denomination banknote of various currencies. So somebody got a 50 euro note, somebody got a New Zealand $100 note, uh, and they got no idea who sent them to them. And they clearly weren't expecting to re- receive them, or they, they wouldn't have reported them to the police. So, the, in fact, the theory is that this is them rehearsing for money laundering. But uh, it's it's, ha- it's a strange... Yeah, why wouldn't you send them to your contact? Why would you just pick random New Zealander addresses and then sort of go, let's see if they like the hairdryer? And, and, and let's hope that they report it to the police in such a way it'll get into the international news so we can find out about the success or otherwise of our... Perhaps yeah. it was, uh, <laughs> it was, there were more sent out than you'd expect. And the ones that haven't been reported to the police have, in fact, ended up on eBay. <laughs> and so the people send these uh, hair dryers halfway across the world and then mm. buy them back off eBay. Okay, yeah. And then your mobsters show up at the door of the person who sold it on eBay and say, I think you'll find you owe the boss $50. And you mm-hmm. go, ah, <laughs> I wondered about that. <laughs> Fair enough, then. Yeah, the police have said that there was no obvious link between the recipients who were left baffled by the gifts. Well, there is an obvious link, isn't it? They are all in New Zealand. <laughs> I think that's a fairly obvious yes. link, right, isn't it? Yeah, but it's not... not, not uh, as far as these things go, now, that's quite a small link. Well, there's only know. 18 people that live in New Zealand. <laughs> Waiting a half, if you count the hobbits. <laughs> and, um... Well, I, I, I just not even going to dignify that with a response, frankly, Rich. Well, OK, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but no, what I like to think about this... It was a joke. I know there's, like, there's many, many hundreds know, of people that live in New Zealand. It wasn't uh, a very good one, so... <laughs> so... <laughs> Burn. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. So it's, it's on. It's on. Now, it's well, on. No, right, I, okay. I, I like to think that this is, in fact, some sort of weird... I'll start t- talking about my own stories. Hey, have you seen the founder of Facebook got married, surprisingly? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah. yeah. Someone left him logged on. His girlfriend changed the status. And they thought, <laughs> oh, well, you know, that'd be embarrassing if someone found out, so they had to go through with it. Sorry, what were we talking about? Uh, um, fa- I like to think that all these parcels are, in fact just like the start or the end depending on which way around you look at it of some weird time travel loop and all of these people the money that they have got sent and in some senses the hairdressing equipment are all going to become crucial in saving someone in the future uh, one of these sort of things where you, it, it's no obvious reason why they're doing it at this moment but that if you happen to know all of the future you'd know exactly how you would uh, you'd be very subtly altering the past so no one no one really understands what's happening but by, by sending someone a hairdryer at the right moment you change their career prospects slightly <laughs> yeah or, or, or it's just like a, like a pre-thank you for something that they're going to do for you in like perhaps the, the war against the machines or right. zombies what would you send um, 
someone in the past to change their destiny let's choose someone with a destiny what, what would you send to um who's someone who's got a destiny that's uncontroversial <laughs> see all i can think of is hitler that's the only thing in my mind i, I, I we just mentioned time travel and changing the past and my brain is just full of hitler okay, i can't okay. think of anything else so it's someone uh, who's got uh, a destiny how would you change the destiny of barry chuckle there we are yeah <laughs> what would you send to barry chuckle um to change his destiny he he is less controversial than hitler i would send him a bicycle Ah, you know, it? because like he could, <laughs> he could break free of the tyranny of the Chucklemobile, where he would do all the pedalling, like exactly as much pedalling, but no lugging your brother around. In the same sense, you could send him a luggage trolley, so that he could carry <laughs> many things on his own rather than having to go to me to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll send him well, some more favourable genes so that he can be cleverer and you know. <laughs> Less hey, susceptible you, to comedy antics. You, you, you see how well they've actually done. Having that is pretty clever. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. So, I mean, all we can see here is that these people who live in New Zealand probably have future entertainment careers where one of their running jokes is to do with a lack of a hairdryer. And uh, <laughs> perhaps so, they're yeah. going to learn practice singing into the hairdryer. That's a stereotypical sort of young youngster wanting to be a superstar when they grow up see I, I used to do that as a kid but I got the wrong end of the stick a bit actually because I used to sing into it assuming it was like a megaphone <laughs> <laughs> rather than, I, I thought because to me when I held it in hand it was exactly like one of those big megaphones so I thought it was uh, yeah. the reason you would want to sing into it is to make yourself sort of louder and, and more more easily uh, heard by L- like, like a microphone in fact well yes but <laughs> but to me, I mind it's anything that makes sense because if you hold the uh, hairdryer in the other direction, it doesn't look particularly like a microphone, does it? Not a whole lot, no. No, so that makes no sense for people to do that. It makes a lot more sense for people to assume it's a megaphone. <laughs> Glad you cleared that up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'll go on to other sort of childish mistakes you used to make if you want. Uh, so all, 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 all of these are just like encouraging people to perhaps speak up against the zombie revolution ah yeah perhaps there's sort of megaphones to allow people to sort of uh, oh talking of the zombie revolution uh, yes yeah, so this, uh, this is in fact our, our next story in this section which is that Australia's yellow pages are going to hand out two and a half thousand Australian dollars to developer whose smartphone app best assists users to survive a zombie invasion just, and or apocalypse just have interest do we know how much two and a half thousand do- Australian dollars is in um, well I, I was about to use the phrase real money um, non-ironically in this case it would be um, this is live googling on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, carrying on with the story. Um, basically, the actual news story is that the Yellow Pages has just released an API, which means that other people can like send queries to it and actually use it, use the Yellow Pages information in their apps. It sounds like the Yellow Pages has finally crawled into the twentieth century. It would strike me that, um, oh, it's uh, about 1,500 quid. That's quite nice. It, it does strike me that a, a more amusing competition to run is attempt to be how would you survive the zombie apocalypse armed with nothing more than a copy of Fly Fishing by J.R. Hartley. <laughs> or maybe the, the, your other secret power, which I'm aware that you have with the Yellow Page, which is being able to stand on things and kiss boys under mistletoe, which is uh, apparently the other thing. <laughs> that, that was an ad, was it? That was an ad, yes. <laughs> and they so roll it out every Christmas. You have the little boy, takes the, the Yellow Pages, puts it under the tree, stands on it, and kisses the girl. He's been waiting there with, under the mistletoe, waiting for him to go and get the Yellow Pages. Every <laughs> Christmas since about 1983. Was there a um, uh, like a, an ad for that online service where the boy goes, hang on a minute, and bends down slightly ah <laughs> or is it i thought you were going to say hang on a minute goes and gets dad's laptop and stands <laughs> on that instead <laughs> oh dear going going back to the uh zombie app i love the fact that the uh company involved have actually uh, said just basically a, a load of stuff about an integral part of our commitment to making sure our advertisers are found by more people across a range of new and emerging channels and devices which is, I, 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 I don't even know, is that zombie speak? It's marketing speak, and there's a difference in the fact that uh, zombies seek brains, whereas marketers avoid them. <laughs> well, it answers the que- yeah, apparently the, the app should answer the question, what do you need to know when the dead rise and walk the earth? And it's kind of like, well, just where they are? 
probably not on. where to find the dry cleaners. Yeah, no, which is fact, the main you, purpose of the yellow pages. <laughs> it, it, it's fair because the questions that immediately arise are things like: Are these are these fast zombies? Are they slow zombies? Are they sort of zombies where you get infected if they breathe on you or if they bite you? Is it the ones where you become zombies through some sort of contagious disease? I mean, there's a lot more things you have to immediately answer rather than, as you say, whether the dry, clean, dry cleaners are. Uh, yeah. Apparently, um, entrant should take advantage of the uni- unique functionality on, and geolocation features available in, in the. It should be pointed out those are geolocation features, not angiolocation features, <laughs> which would be for finding arteries, uh, which is also a feature of the yellow pages. Uh, if, if, you, if you if you hold it up to the light uh, and then look down at yourself as the uh, the sunlight passes through the yellow pages and hits you, it will actually highlight your blood vessels. But that's an unknown side effect. Uh, we don't know why that's the case. Yeah. I, c- I can see the geolocation features being useful if all of the zombies are actually using the app. Because then you could look, you could just you could just go online and track the zombies. Well, it's that. a well-known fact that zombies lack the uh, the drive and the intellectual rigor to disable their privacy settings. That's uh, true. So all you have to do is make sure that uh, the zombie apocalypse only happens once everyone's joined Facebook's check-in feature. But you're, you're going to need a uh, a heuristic so that because like zombies are very unlikely to take the phone out of their pocket and then set themselves set the zombie flag to true. So you're going to need some sort of uh, heuristic for determining whether somebody is a zombie by their uh, behaviour using the app. Well, well yes, th- if they search for brains on this app, then they're, they're a zombie. Well, that's quite simple. Then we just tag everyone with an iPhone as a zombie and everyone yeah. with an Android is not. <laughs> it pretty much works, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, and then you have that sort of uncomfortable seven people who've got Windows phones. <laughs> Uh, but if you've got any ideas as to what sorts of apps you would like to see to survive a zombie apocalypse, you can email us, studio at camfm.co.uk, or you can, if you're listening online, you can use the form, camfm.co.uk, or you can text us on 80809, text cost 10p, and you'll have to text cam plus your message. And also, if you've got any comments on any of the other stories that we've covered today, you can email those in as well. Yep. Uh, we'll take another one of those quick musical break things now. Uh, uh, the the previous one, uh, I should have mentioned at the time, was Goodbye Kiss by Kasabian. Uh, and this is 16 Saltines by Jack White. Your music, your station. 97.2, your Cam FM. Hello and welcome back to Burst the Bubble, uh, the Cam FM show all about silly news stories that have been going on this week. Uh, we've talked about some animals and we've talked about the international stuff. Now all that's left is the rest of the stuff that may also be related to animals and or the international. Uh, it's the potpourri, let's talk about all the stories that are left in. It's about the miscellaneous things. section from the miscellaneary that we have exactly. left over. <laughs> so Michael, kick us off with our first miscellaneous story. Um, the Surrey town of Staines has officially changed its name to Staines upon Thames in an attempt to boost its suicide image. Mm. And I can't, I can't, I really struggle to say Staines upon Thames there because it just feels to me like it should rhyme. It should either be Staines upon Thames or or Stens upon Thames. The strange thing is about this that they think that's going to make it any better. Now, I, I'm going to say something. I'm going to vary one item of it, and you want to tell me if any of them sound any better than the rest of them. Anyway, stains <laughs> upon t-shirts. Stains <laughs> upon trousers. <laughs> stains upon your plates. Stains <laughs> upon the ground. Like, do any? Uh, I'm changing the the same thing. They're changing. Do any of them sound any better? Yes. No. Yeah, you, you you can't really have any kind of good stain, can you? No, exactly. The problem with the pr- name stains is not that it's not upon the Thames; it's that it sounds like the word stains. <laughs> you, when was this place named? Like, which way around does the etymology go? You know, like, it was stains a place where they served. Like maybe maybe. Maybe long ago, in Staines, they first invented the absolutely preposterous sandwich, you know, and everybody would try and take a bite out of it, and it'd go, and they'd be like, my doublet, it has been, uh, well, it, it has been, yes, <laughs> it has been sullied uh, with that which comes from Staines, uh, and then, yes. Staines Ed. Staines Ed, yes. Staines Ed, yes. Yeah. That's difficult to say. Well, that, that's why they changed it to Stained. <laughs> Um, all the meantime, the uh, the Earl of Sandwich was looking over, saying, oh, "I say those those commoners over there in Staines have got the kernel of a good idea, <laughs> and I'm going to refine it to make it ever so slightly more middle class." <laughs> you you suggesting that sandwiches are middle class? That's it. Well, I think the if I had a choice, if you were to go into a branch of John Lewis and you were to stop the first sort of woman at the perfume counter you found and said, "Madam, would you rather have a stam- sandwich or a, a stain?" St- 
<laughs> I, I think you would you would find that, uh, that talking about middle class actually I mean, I'm, got, I'm on i'm on google plus okay as as many people here might know <laughs> good luck with that yes good luck yeah. me and, and the six or seven other people on google plus think it's a very nice place to live and uh, they have a new suggestions feature and something which i think shows the point at which i now need to commit suicide is that <laughs> google plus thinks i might find fun and interesting john lewis <laughs> that's my recommendation in the fun um, and interesting section you have you have moved demographics i i have it's it's i'm i'm waiting to sort of be sent spam from waitrose now yeah we, we now have to kick you out for not appealing to our target demographic now you've admitted to that oh, oh what well, is our target demographic people who don't find john lewis fun and interesting <laughs> <laughs> i think if you should draw the venn diagram there'd be two different lobes right there yeah i, I don't know is is our is our demogra- target demographic one that would use the words venn diagram and lobes in the that's our thing. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. <laughs> Good. I just You're re- back in. You're back in. May I refer the Honourable Gentleman to the uh, coolness monopole discussion earlier on in the programme? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, move, move it, moving on to another story. Um, uh, one, uh, a guy called Nicholas Crace has become the oldest living kidney donor in the UK. Um, he's 83 years old, giving away um, one of his kidneys. Uh, which has been described as a Formula One kidney. Why? Why Why was that particular epithet used for his kidney? Apparently it means it's good enough to have come from a 40-year-old, and... I- well, wait, hang on, wait a second. Forty-year-old drivers in the Formula One. Is that what you old cars? Is that what Formula One means? It literally means good enough to have come from a forty-year-old. So when, <laughs> when it talks about Formula One races, it's like this race is as good as it was forty years ago. It, it's, <laughs> uh, that makes no sense. I mean, I could understand almost any other superlative to be used if it was supposed to be a particularly good kidney. But in, in my big list of superlatives, when I'm describing things as being exceptionally and surprisingly good, Formula One is not not in that lexicon. <laughs> I, I can almost think, given um, one of these later things, they should be referred to as daft punk kidneys, because um, the surgeon who performed the operator said, we know from numerous studies that a living donor kidney performs better, works quicker, and lasts longer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it sounds like we're getting a bit heading towards daft punk there. It, isn't that just a statement that um, live things work longer, better, and in a more effective fashion than dead things work? Well, the kidneys aren't themselves dead when they get transplanted out of dead people yes, it is you get infused with the dead hormone <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that's how people die do you know there's a special gland it's like the pituitary gland but instead of releasing adrenaline <laughs> <laughs> it releases it death. releases death <laughs> <laughs> see th- now this this guy who's donated his his kidney is very clearly you know sort of a, you know a, a very good person indeed you know he's he's a, a, a tr- an altruist in the truest sense of the word and so on and so on unfortunately i'm unable to take him seriously because of his surname uh, which is crace now the problem with this uh, is that a couple of years ago or so charlie brooker did a thing uh, where um, he was i think it was featuring america's next top model oh. wherein uh, this this woman t- said how she wanted her subjects to smile with their eyes or smize uh, and Charlie described <laughs> the viewing experience as making him want to cry with his face or crace <laughs> <laughs> so this th- this man is now unfortunately for me named uh, Mr. Cry with your face <laughs> With which his Formula a, One kidneys which is an excellent alt, you know alt rock song cry, you know, Mr. Cry with your face but <laughs> but not a good name for a human being uh-huh. Moving on qu- quickly to another story. Uh, St Andrews is staging a two-day conference on J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series, which includes the racial politics of goblins, the, the canonize the, can- the canonization of Neville Longbottom, apparently, and Beadle Labard as Mythopiosis in the Chaucerian tradition. I think you might have read out the silly ones that aren't true there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, this is just going, we need three things that sound silly to go at the start of a news article, aren't they? That is your basic job as somebody who is stuffing those middle bits of The Guardian that nobody reads. You know those bits in the Sunday paper that are mainly for propping up the short legs of sofas? Yeah, those. <laughs> But, uh, I, quite, I quite like the idea of Harry Potter and Lockean serial disobedience. I don't know why. It, it just... It, 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 I just like it. It just, it just, it, it just has got the, the right amount of ludicrousness. Rather than how you suspect the Harry Potter novels would go if they were to continue on, like Harry Potter and the Mortgage of Despair. <laughs> <laughs> or Harry Potter and the Land Dispute with his neighbour. <laughs> Harry Potter and the growing inevitability of John Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> 
Harry Potter and the horrible realisation to his 40s that he's married the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But, um, yeah, on the other hand, there's a bit of an academic spat going on here with, like, a professor of English at University College London called John Mullen saying, I'm not against Harry Potter, my children loved it, but Harry Potter is for children, not for grown-ups. I would counter that by stating that Lord of the Rings is a children's book and was written explicitly as such. Really? Yeah, it was The Hobbit. The Hobbit is definitely a children's book. The and, Hobbit and, is, yes. And uh, J.R.R. Tolkien was contracted to write a children's follow-up to The Hobbit, which became wow. Lord of the Rings. And the publishers, you know, the publishers went, yes, this is, you know, this, this is 100,000 words, you know, a very, very dry in, in large places, delves deeply into fictional languages, perfect material. Get that on the shelves for the eight-year-olds right away. <laughs> well, it's because eight-year-olds didn't have anything else to do with the time before Twitter and Facebook and all these sort of things. So did the eight-year-olds buy it? Uh, I believe like, so, yes. Did, did it bomb in the child market but make it with the massive nerd market and thus we have the shape of nerdery to this day? No, it worked very well with the children in the 50s and then they made a successful film out of it and now there are literary criticisms of it. <laughs> the only difference is that it's 50 years ago so we assume it's in the good old days. <laughs> I was completely unable to read the books myself. I, 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 enjo I enjoyed the films very much but uh, I, I couldn't make it through the two towers uh, when I got to the 50th successive page that went, they woke up that morning then they walked some more. Nothing much happened that day and then they went to sleep <laughs> uh, to be fair i do entirely divide out by book five normally when i'm reading it, it must <laughs> that, that's the one where um it starts with frodo and sam and Gollum walking across the marshes and ends with frodo and sam Still walking, walking across, across the marshes, marshes. It, it's clear they don't like the marshes very much by the end of that <laughs> i think it was kind of um not cinema verite but uh, bookie book verite <laughs> bookie book verite this is why this is why you're not invited to any of these academic conferences on books <laughs> Mostly because I don't like the phrase bookie book, presumably. <laughs> they, 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 they you, you, a, a technical term as being one where you take a normal term and just repeat it with the insertion of an E in the middle of it. I need more syllables. This is a dire emergency. Silly of syllables. A sort of bibliographer verite may work better. Maybe what you were trying to go for. That would be okay. In biblio veritas. Exactly, yes. <laughs> well, books troop. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Hey, I, I, did, I made some Latin. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not real Latin, but uh, it and, sounded convincing uh, to me. If you like that, listeners, I'll let you know that John Lewis has got a sale on at the moment. It's very <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, sadly, it's that, and interesting, I find. <laughs> Going to see their range of exciting toasters. <laughs> uh, sadly, that's all we've got time for, so we'll have to leave Rich just imagining all of the excitingness of John Lewis. Oh, I can hardly wait. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for those who emailed in. Sadly, we didn't quite manage to cover all those, but thank you very much anyway. We appreciated those. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more silly news stories. And coming up next is the science fiction. Uh, so stick around for that. Uh, I've been Mike Ontario. Thank I've you to Rich. Rich? Uh, thank you. And I've been Chris Moten. Uh, there'll be more Burst the Bubble. Uh, same time, same place not really a place same station uh 4 4 p.m next sunday uh, until then goodbye <laughs>